0: To navigate head towards the sun or head for the sun okay to navigate head for the sun with first aid and knife on the run take fire and shelter extra food is a helper but water and clothes weigh a ton okay i think i got it that's the mountaineer's 10 essentials tm limerick the 10 essentials are navigation headlamp, sun protection, first aid, knife and repair kit, the ability to make fire, shelter or a bivy, extra food, a way to purify water, and extra clothes. It's super important for day hikers who should always ask themselves the question if they could spend the night out here, if something goes wrong, like they get lost or hurt. Now, a backpacker usually has all this stuff, But the thinking on navigation is to take five tools with us, including printed maps. Now, the Continental Divide Trail does have an official route. But unlike most other long-distance trails, nearly every thru-hiker chooses alternates. And why do they do this? Because in some cases, the alternates are more beautiful or more interesting or more challenging than the actual divide. The CDT Trail Coalition does make maps available as does a very generous thru-hiker named Jonathan Lay, who marks the most used alternates. But there's a couple that are not on maps exactly, and for those, I need to make my own. So, I took a class. You're listening to the Blissful Hiker Podcast. I'm Allison Young, the Blissful Hiker, sometime professional flutist, sometime voice artist, and full-time pedestrian. Thanks so much to Lecky and Belega for their support. Also Summit Orthopedics, my choice for two total hip replacements. I guess you could call me Bionic Bliss these days. My goal in sharing stories of walking long-distance trails as a solo, female, middle-aged, titanium-reinforced hiker is to empower you to grab your life and learn to hike your own hike, too. Uh, we can stop with anyone. I'm Allison, or a Blissful Hiker. And uh, I have been more of a route follower than a route know anything about her. And I, I am about to embark on the Continental Divide Trail in two weeks. And there are several uh, alternate routes I want to take. And I want to have uh, not only my maps, but have kind of the situational awareness of where I'm going. Okay, I admit that on my last two through hikes, I only had maps on my phone. Yeah, it was risky, because phones fail. They get crunched, lost, they die. Well, I made it. But what bothered me the most was a feeling like I was just following a line and not aware of the larger picture or my options. In the GPS navigation class, I learned a lot, including navigational workflow, situational awareness, and the ethic of self-reliance. Those are really big concepts, and I'll admit, I'm quite literally taking baby steps. And the class is for people like me, who just gotta start somewhere. And that's with creating a map, a physical map with a route and waypoints customized to my needs, like where I want to go, where I might want to stop, and issues I may encounter along the way, like water sources or resupply options. And that begins with learning to use the software called CalTopo. Select your map layers. You select map, map builder topo. Well, the story goes that founder and wilderness EMT Matt Jacobs was just sick of buying maps for every outing. So 10 years ago, he set up mapping tools for search and rescue. And he now has 10 people on staff for this incredibly sophisticated tool. Create a waypoint marker anywhere in one of the paradise parking lots. With time running out before I head to Montana, I still thought that cramming in all the material I'd need for class was worth it, including six hours of pre-work, reading, studying, practicing in the field, and taking two quizzes, which I passed, even if I wasn't going to master navigation. In addition to making a physical map, I'd also learn about the phone app called Gaia GPS, which works in conjunction with the map software, You basically make your map, you print it, and then you import it to Gaia so you can follow it via GPS. But the key to success in the backcountry is to keep your nose out of your phone. And that's because, well, of course you want to see the scenery. But also you're more aware of the weather, how many hours of daylight left, if there's a rattlesnake in the middle of the trail. And you also want to not rely on these tools singularly, but rather as a whole. In the middle of the <laughs> After our three-hour Zoom class, where we learned how to make a map, our next activity was to make a map and use it in the field. Long press map. To get a bearing in the distance to the waypoint. And that's when the magic occurs. When we combine the map making and the GPS with the lowly handheld compass. A quarter of a mile from me. I printed a map with a route and marked waypoints, and I went out and walked it. It's at Lake Elmo, with clearly marked trails in a place very familiar to me. But this time, I was gonna use my compass to follow the bearing from the map that I made that's now in my phone. The speed I'm gonna go is gonna be like glacially slow. And one of the first things I learned, even after all those times walking here, I never had any idea which direction I was going. You want to stay there, but you're going to go this far off. (laughs) I also learned that heading towards something as the crow flies is not really possible, and I can take intermediate bearings to get there. Holy cats! I'm absolutely on my bearing. The GPS gives me the distance to those bearings, kind of like someone telling me, walk 50 paces, then turn right. That's a miracle. And maybe the biggest miracle of all is if I stay on my bearing, I can't get lost. The arrow's pointing directly to my car. (laughs) Did something, right? Now let's get back to why I took the course in the first place, not just to walk around Lake Elmo with my compass. I took it to make a map for my biggest alternate on the CDT. It's loosely called the Super Butte Big Sky Cutoff, or the Butte Scoot and that's followed by Yellowstone National Park, and finally, the Grand Teton Crest Trail. The good news is that other people have walked these, and they've made their GPX data available online, which I import directly onto my map. Still, I need to vary the route somewhat and create waypoints for water and possible camping. And the greatest tool of all, is a snap to OSM, or open street map. No, there aren't streets in the wilderness, but they're trails, and I can literally draw a line and snap it right to the trail. I mean, it does take a little bit of trying, but it saves so much time. Then I have a couple of cross-country sections without trail, and here I change the map layer from map builder to aerial, or aerial topo hybrid, which allows me to see the terrain. I can see from the profile that there's a 1,400-foot cliff over Lake Solitude, but there is a section that looks doable, and I know it's doable because other people have done it. So here I can drop in waypoints to when I have to turn and when I have to get to the easier part, and I can navigate when I get there. I am no expert by any means, but already I feel incredibly empowered. The ethic of self-reliance is founded on the principles of experience, preparation, skill, and judgment. This is just one more arrow in my quiver, one more skill that will help me when I move along the trail to make good decisions and ultimately to be responsible for myself. This is the Blissful Hiker podcast, a series of personal essays coupled with found sound in my own flute playing, and exploring my journey of self-discovery as a middle-aged woman who doesn't need permission to blaze my own trails in this journey we call life. These look like mucus, but these are dried peppers. Ooh, dried blueberries strawberries. If you want to get overwhelmed fast, try making food for a through hike. To be honest, the only recipe that's mine are for my magic vegetarian pemmican bars. That's a calorie bomb of cashews, almonds, pecans, walnuts, wheat germ, flax flour, figs, dates, and honey. Fortunately, I have about four pounds in the freezer ready to be packed. But for all the other recipes... I'm using Backcountry Foodie. It's a member-based backpacking meal planning site created by a dietitian backpacker. It's ultralight recipes packed with nutrition and high in calories. And most importantly, on the site, everything's gridded into meal plans. So you don't have to really think too much. You just have to prepare. My entire premise for the CDT comes from watching friends on the PCT manage all 2,600-plus miles without carrying a stove. I was totally jealous. I don't like cooking on trail. It's just not necessary. And Backcountry Foodie set me up with a no-cook seven-day meal plan, so I got to work. Maybe the most fun was making pasta. I mean, you could live off ramen for seven days in a row on repeat. But I wanted to try for other kinds of pasta. Ramen doesn't really need to be cooked. But you do have to cook other kinds of pasta first, then dehydrate them. I'll see you in 12 hours. It does seem a bit ridiculous to pull all the water out just to put it back in. And oddly, the pasta looks exactly the same. But it's not because you can rehydrate it just by soaking it in water for 30 minutes. What works really well is penne pasta, and elbow macaroni. I'm not so crazy about orzo, and definitely unwieldy is angel hair, which glued itself to the dehydrator. Still, for no-cook meals, pasta works great, because you can make these salads. Sun-dried tomato pesto, spicy peanut, buffalo salad. And just how do you make these tasty? Well, the trick is using mayonnaise and peanut butter from packets and then lots and lots of shelf-stable Parmesan cheese, as well as olive oil. Yeah, I get it. I was totally turned off to the mess of olive oil. But oil packs a massive nutritional punch per ounce, and I know my body is desperate for it on the trail. Does it go bad? Well, I haven't had any problems, and I just use my nose as the tester. But you do have to pack it very carefully in a leak-proof Nalgene bottle and its own baggie. But I think it's worth it. So I assembled about 10 or so of each meal, packing the herbs and spices and pine nuts separately in their own tiny baggie. It's really just a glorified assembly line, but it still took me the better part of two days. I got a lot of breakfasts, but I don't have that many dinners. Well, you have to wake up more often than you go to bed. I have no idea why in the past I was so opposed to eating cereal on my through hikes. Maybe it's because it was always porridge over the stove, slowing down my morning. This time around, I pack packages of granola and kashi with whole milk powder, berries dehydrated at home, and lots of nuts. I actually end up eating it right out of the bag. (laughs) I must look like a sorry little person... But wait until you see me drinking shakes right out of the bag. I make dozens of them. Berry, chocolate, peanut butter. And a real cool trick is grinding up coconut and oats to a powder. With that, I just might have the most flushed colon on trail. For lunches, I've got dips and spreads with chips and crackers. Have I gone completely off the deep end if I'm counting each cracker and measuring each pile of pita chips? Maybe the most complex of all my dips is a salsa. Lots of ingredients, including a new discovery for me of true lime powder. It's like one slice of squeezed lime juice, and it's a miracle of flavor popping. In between these meals are my magic bars, a truckload of honey stinger waffles sent to me by a follower, plantain chips, Pepperidge Farm goldfish, and of course, lots of gummy bears. I'm a cooking show star. <laughs> <I> canceled it. <laughs> I'm less of a cooking show star and more of a Swedish chef disaster of spoons, bowls, knives, cutting boards, food processor, and a baggy explosion— but I only had to go to the store twice for extra items. But now everything is assembled in quart-sized freezer bags and nestled into boxes ready to roll. Some I'm going to send to my first resupply at mile 236 at the Benchmark Wilderness Ranch. Another box I'll leave in East Glacier about 100 miles in. All the rest, my trail angel here in St. Paul, Richard, will send as I move along to Yellowstone, Atlantic City and Encampment in Wyoming, and Pie Town, New Mexico. And then there's what I'll pack in my new Ursack to take with me on day one. One can only hope that halfway down Glacier, I don't send an emergency note to Richard to send me a resupply stat, including my stove. You can subscribe to Blissful Hiker wherever you get your podcasts. And please leave a review on Apple to help the show get discovered. Blissful Hiker is on Patreon right now, and you can support the show that I will record while on trail this season. As a patron, you'll get an invitation to private cocktail and Q&A parties along the CDT. You can find a link to Patreon in the show notes or at blissfulhiker.com. Also in the show notes, you can find out more about the Mountaineers, Backcountry Foodie, and the recipe to my magic bars. And guess what next week is? I'll be in Montana walking the CDT. Until then, my friends, kiakaha and happy trails.